Ray Brown's Talkin' Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With a VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to our show, number 924. Our show is called... Ray Brown something? Uh, no, actually, it's uh, Talking Birds. Is There's no G in talking. That's true also. Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, you've heard us air avian audio postcards from our Freya McGregor and from lots of listeners who make brief phone recordings while looking at birds and sending the recordings to us to put on the air. We have one today from the Centennial State, Colorado. Take it away, Dawn. Hi, this is Dawn Wilson. I'm here at the Moose Visitor Center in Colorado State Forest State Park in northern Colorado. We had a snowstorm come through yesterday, and there's quite a bit of fresh snow. And I'm out here watching some of the birds feeding on the bird feeders behind the visitor center. We have quite a few Stellar's jays. You can hear the pine squirrel in the background right now. I see a lot of mountain chickadees and black-capped chickadees. There's also some magpies. And we're eagerly awaiting the arrival of some rosy finches. Those are usually here this time of year, but they haven't arrived yet. So we'll see what shows up a little bit later. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Dawn, out there at State Forest State Park in Colorado. We love getting these audio postcards, and if you'd like to send us one, please do. Just send a file to ray at talkingbirds.com. That's ray at talkingbirds.com. And if you need some help doing it, just let us know because we are standing by, uh, ready to assist. Meanwhile, a preview of our Mystery Bird Contest. The actual contest coming along a bit later in the show. I will give you some info and clues about it now so that uh, you'll have a chance to think about what this mystery bird might be. And then... uh, Give us a call when we give the signal just a little bit later on. By the way, if you're not hearing our show live and would like to so that you could enter our Mystery Bird Contest, it's really easy to hear us live. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to do it. Our live broadcast, by the way, is on Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Our Mystery Bird is slender and mostly white. It's very long central tail feathers that doubles its length to about 30 inches. It has black wing tips and a black band on the inner wing, a black line through the eye, and a yellow-orange bill. It's a tropical ocean bird which plunge dives to catch fish. It nests as far north as Bermuda. It is often seen off the coast of the southern or the southeastern United States and through the northern and eastern Gulf of Mexico and in Hawaii. 
That's our bird. What do you think it is? We'll give the signal to call in in just a bit. We have wonderful things to give away, including good things to read and good coffee to sip, a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a big bag of our favorite coffee around here. It's delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. And if we have time for a bonus question, we'll attempt to give away a feather-friendly bird window collision kit to make your home safe for the birds that uh, you love. So all of that on our mystery bird contest later uh, in this morning's show here. It's a salute again this week to more of our Talking Birds ambassadors, the superstars of our Talking Birds show who help us spread the word. We'd like to thank two new ambassadors today, both from Canada. Thank you to Mario Lefebvre from Saint-Zotique, Quebec, Canada. Mario says, by listening to your podcast, I learned the English names of the birds I see in Quebec. Thank you, Mario. And thanks to Ken McDonald from Midland, Ontario, Canada, Ken is an executive member of the Midland Penetanguishene Field Naturalists. He says the name Penetanguishene is believed to come from either the Wyandot or Abenaki via Ojibwe, meaning land of the white rolling sands. Hmm. Thank you so much, Ken, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Well, today is our first show of four that we'll produce in the month of March. And we want to try to march, so to speak, to a special goal. The goal is to grow our Talking Birds Ambassadors family to a total of 800 members. We currently have 77, uh, 775 members. So doing this higher math, that means we need 25 more listeners to join us between now and the end of March. A pretty ambitious goal, but we think we can do it with your help. So if you enjoy our show and would like to help us spread the word about birds and conservation, please consider becoming an ambassador. Very easy to sign up for, and as an ambassador, you'll just hand out at your convenience some of the little Talking Birds info cards that we'll send to you. And here in March is the perfect time to do it and help us reach our goal of growing our ambassador's family to 800 members. To sign up, just click on the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. No G in talking. That's the Get Involved tab right at the top of the homepage at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come today, our Frey McGregor is always up to something new and exciting and usually worthwhile. Her latest thing, she's writing a book. And we'll find out about it when she joins us here in just a couple of minutes. Also today, we'll hear from someone who has written a couple of books and very successful ones at that. Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's legendary Birdwatchers General Store in an almost live from the archives installment of Let's Ask Mike. And this one's about whether mixing hot pepper with your bird seed to deter squirrels is okay for birds. And up next, a bird for whom jumping around on slippery rocks being clobbered by pounding surf is just another day at the office. Is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. They say a rose is red and violets are purple, and sugar sweet and so is maple circle. 
Well, that was Roger Miller's attempt in his Grammy award-winning song, Dang Me, to find a word that rhymes with purple. It's not easy. So we'll move on to this week's featured feathered friend, the purple sandpiper. What a fascinating bird to watch as it forages in its very specialized environment, hopping around on rocks in the crashing surf and dashing through slippery seaweed, picking up small crabs and insects and periwinkles. Purple sandpipers occupy the northernmost range of any shorebird, breeding in the northern Canadian Arctic and flying down along the U.S. east coast, no farther south than the Carolinas in winter. They're beautifully compact birds, about 9 inches long, with a wingspan of about 17 inches. Adults have short yellow legs, a thin, dark, slightly drooping bill that's yellow at the base, and back and wings with a slight purplish gloss that gives the bird its name. Like other shorebirds, most famously the killdeer, purple sandpipers pretend to have a broken wing when their nests are threatened in what's known as the rodent run display as the bird tries to draw predators away from the nest by running and fluffing its feathers and squealing like a mouse. Partly due to the purple sandpiper's extremely large range, the International Union for Conservation of Nature describes the threat to its survival as of least concern, although its numbers are decreasing and climate change and rising sea levels pose increasing danger. Today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend, Calidris maritima, the purple sandpiper. Thanks for joining us. Welcome again to our show number 924. We like to call her our Freya McGregor. She's part of our Talkin' Birds team, but she has other irons in the fire as well including a book that she's working on, as we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, and she joins us on the Zoom machine uh, right now. Good morning, Freya. Hi, Ray. Thanks for having me. You're you're very welcome. Well, we mentioned about your book, and just to give a little background, Access Birding is your uh, main effort, if I can describe it that way, these days. Uh, give us a little background about that, because that kind of leads into uh, your book. Yeah, so Access Birding is a business that I've started. Uh, I provide consulting and training services to staff and volunteers at bird and nature-based organizations like nature centers and state parks and things like that, bird clubs, to help empower confident agents of change in improving access and inclusion for disabled birders. Okay, so you're taking this uh, concept, in in essence, to, uh, to a book. It's called... A Field Guide to Accessible Birding in North America, uh, at least a, a working title. So um, what's the general purpose of the book? I mean, the title is kind of self-descriptive. It does explain what it is, but who is it really for, let's say, in terms of readers? Yeah, this is the first um, bird location finding guide that's been written by a disabled birder for disabled birders. So there's lots of books around. They Usually they're regional. Sometimes they're state-specific or even more localized, helping folks find good places to go and look and listen for birds. Uh, but they don't usually provide the level of detail that many disabled birders need to know if it's a place that's worth driving two hours out of their way for mm-hmm. um, around the physical accessibility of, of that place. So, yeah, that's what this book is is about, accessible birding in, in North America. Mm-hmm. Was there kind of a specific way that you kind of realized this is something that was really needed? 
Um, well, when my knee went dodgy, uh, as I call it, my knee went bad nearly four years ago when I was living in Boston and I had planned a summer of hiking in the White Mountains and I couldn't even walk like a quarter mile without a lot of pain. And I couldn't find places that I could go birding at, given that I needed suddenly needed short, flat, smooth trails with benches. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, Princeton University Press approached me about this book, and absolutely, I would love, love to write a book about accessible birding in North America. I love traveling. I love birding. It's it's awesome. Well, you'll be traveling a lot for this uh, book project. Kind of in general, how how will you decide where to go? I guess you're going everywhere, kind of. Yeah, well, my hope is um, three to five locations in every U.S. state. It's a lot. And my hope is to physically visit all of those places so that the reviews are as reliable uh, and consistent as possible for folks. Um, Yeah, really a big project. But again, I love traveling, so it's it's not too much work. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking at... uh, I, relying a lot on actually on disabled birders and, and allies uh, recommendations of places that are near them or that they've visited. Uh, I, digging into state park and national wildlife refuge websites. But again, those places usually don't have the level of detail that I need. Uh, and also I'm trying to include places that have like birding spectacles, like, you know, tens of thousands of overwintering snow geese or um, a specialty bird like snail kites in Florida or Kirtland's wobblers in Michigan. And mm-hmm. how can I, can I find a way for folks to experience that spectacle or that specific bird species in a, in a way that's accessible? So then I kind of zoom in on that area and try and find what's there and see if it's worth visiting. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about one specific place in a, in a moment here. But uh, you also talk about other things uh, that you'll have in your book, uh, ways for accessible uh, for disabled birders to access birding places like car birding, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this is not a trail book. Um, this is there'll be trails for sure, accessible trails, but also car birding locations for a lot of folks. That's an easier way to go birding than than to move down a trail and and stationary birding locations like really fantastic bird blinds or. Uh, observation platforms, things like that. Because again, for for a lot of folks, that's an easier way to go birding than to be going down a trail. Mm-hmm. And you've uh, told me about uh, another particular place, the hawk watching platform at Kiptu Peak State Park. Yeah, it's in Virginia. And mm-hmm. uh, in the fall, you know, raptor migration is, is a really uh, exciting phenomenon. And there's, there's lots of hawk watching sites around uh, the US and further afield. Kiptu Peak State Park has an uh, an observation platform that's that's it's at the end of this the southern end of this peninsula. So all these raptors are flying down the coast using the coast as um, kind of a landmark, and they they sort of funnel into the point before they have to make this big scary jump across the opening of the Chesapeake Bay. And I was there in September, and it was so cool that just so many birds going overhead, and a friendly volunteer who was happy to explain things. It was yeah. is great way to enjoy birds that didn't involve moving down a trail. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned about having people give you uh, input uh, for the book about uh, locations, for example, and also uh, maybe images of them birding that might uh, wind up in the book, right? What's the, what's the best way for people to do that, by the way, to get, get info to you? 
Yeah, so my um, author's website is um, theotbirder.com and there's a little tab up there where you can send me an email with recommendations for the book and my email address is up there too. Yeah, I would love to hear any recommendations you have about really wonderful accessible birding locations. Uh, I'll put them up my master list and check it out before I plan the trip to that area. And I really hope this book will provide some much needed disability representation within the birding community. So if you're a disabled birder and you're willing to, um, no pressure, but it would be great if you have photos of you out at an accessible birding location, you know, looking over the railing that you can actually see over or mm. navigating the gate or the, um, the trail surface or, or whatever it is. Um, I don't get the final say in what photos go in the book. The publisher makes that call, but it would be so great to have more of those photos in this book. So I'd love to love to hear from you. That uh, website against the OT, the OT Birder dot com. OT stands for occupational therapist, which is what Freya is. So it's the OT Birder dot com. Uh, Freya, this is going to take you a while. You've got a lot of <laughs> traveling to do yeah. all over the country. Your next destination, just if we the last couple of minutes we have here, or last minute, uh, your next destination, I believe, uh, is the the Sandhill Crane Spectacle in Nebraska on the Platte River, right? Yeah, I'm so excited. There's um, a Nature Conservancy property. They've done a lot of work to uh, improve the physical accessibility of the Sandhill Crane viewing area, and all these like like. Like hundreds of thousands of sandhill cranes mm-hmm. in the spring they all kind of gather in the platte river in nebraska before they go further north and i've wanted to see this for for years and years i'm so excited to have a you know an excuse to to go so i'll be there at the end of march i'll be driving i live in alabama at the moment so i'll be driving through particularly missouri nebraska and kansas hoping to catch up with places there so if anyone has any recommendations for those three states um, that's my next my next book research trip all right she's our freya mcgregor and she- She's at theotbirder.com. Thank you, Freya, and good luck. Thanks, Ray. Coming up next here, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. We have arrived at the Mystery Bird Contest. Beautiful prizes here from Beautyo Books and Birds and Beans Coffee. And our Mystery Bird is a slender, mostly white bird, very long central tail feathers that doubles its length to about 30 inches. It's a tropical ocean bird. It has black wingtips and a black band on the inner wing, black line through the eye, and a yellow-orange bill. Plunge dives to catch fish, nests as far north as Bermuda, often seen off the coast of the southern U.S. and northern and eastern Gulf of Mexico and Hawaii. 
And if you don't know what the bird is, call us anyway because the drawing will determine our winner if we don't get a correct answer. That's how the contest works there. So give us a call and give us your answer or guess at 781-837-4900. We urge you, as always, to call us as soon as you can because time is uh, short. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, almost live from the archive, let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. We do this every week. We connect with Cape Cod, Massachusetts, down in the Orleans place there. And Mike O'Connor is there with the uh, Bird Watchers General Store and and also with the Talking Birds radio program. And uh, here he is now. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray. And down here in Cape Cod, the goldfinches, the goldfinches are changing color. I got I got goldfinches on the feet here, and they're all getting kind of patchy wow. looking. So, wow. uh, What color are they changing to? I don't know. I can't see them that closely. They're too far away. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're getting their yellow. They're, they're going from their drab, wintry plumage to uh, the males, at least, are getting uh, patchy, brighter yellow. So spring's coming, yo. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for that sign of spring. And the, I guess the question now is, uh, do those goldfinches like to eat seed with hot pepper? This is kind of a controversial thing, and I don't know that it's been resolved. The hot pepper is to keep the squirrels from eating the seed, because the squirrels, I guess, definitely don't like the hot pepper. But what about for the birds? Yeah, we got that We got that question from our friends, uh, Doug and Lisa. Is that their name? I'm from Iowa. Doug and Lisa out in the Des Moines area in Iowa. Yes. Yeah, they're my favorite people from Iowa, of all the people I know from Iowa. that might Yeah. How, how many do you know? Do you... Well, besides Doug and Lisa, uh, that's, well, probably... that's enough, right? That's Isn't it? that yeah, enough? Sure. They're, yeah, they're, they're cool. They're great representatives of the um, of the um, uh, Iowanians. Yeah, it's not the Buckeye State. That's that's Ohio. <laughs> no. It's the uh, it's the Hawkeye State. A, right? There you go. That's a bird name. That's a better. Yeah, that's yeah. a better word. Anyways, yeah, that hot pepper thing has been uh, controversial forever. Back in the nineties, a company came out with a product called Squirrel Away, which was a little package. It, it, it looked like uh, a Kool Aid that you mixed in with your bird seed, <laughs> and uh, the idea was the hot pepper the cayenne or the capsaicin would be hot for the squirrels and they wouldn't eat it. The trouble was you had to mix it in yourself and a lot of times people would get their get it on their hands, they get it in their eyes, and it was it was kind of an ugly scene. And the other part is, if you didn't mix it in well, which apparently nobody did, the squirrels uh, would eat the seed anyway. So they got, that product, as far as I know, isn't made anymore. But mm-hmm. other companies have 
taken that information and carried it to where they take their own seed. You don't mix it with your seed. They they sell you the seed with the stuff already added. They kind of spray it on or they adhere it somehow. And uh, this way you don't get, have as much problem of mixing it and getting it on yourself. And it seems to work much better. Mm. So that that's the good news. Mm. The bad news is the product typically costs twice to three times more than regular bird seed. Really? So yeah, yeah, it's a very expensive mm. process apparently or Oh, this just don't make much of it, so it's expensive. So does it work? It seems to, yeah. Um, it does, does seem to work, but it's expensive, and it's controversial. Some of the, like Cornell recommends nobody do that. They don't, they don't like the idea of that. Mm. Others will argue that birds have evolved to eating hot things. Mm. And, you know, because the, the, the plants, the hot pepper plants, would rather birds eat them than mammals. When mammals eat this, the plants, they digest the seeds mm-hmm. and uh, and the seeds aren't spread around. When birds eat it, they fly away and the birds go right through this, uh, the, the, birds, the seeds go right through the system and the, and the plants are dispersed better. Mm-hmm. So hot pepper plants or similar uh, encourage birds to eat them. But that's an area where the birds are used to it. Up here, say, with New England or Iowa, they're not used to that and there's a concern of the, is it affecting the birds. Right now, there's no evidence that it's bad for the birds, but some, some organizations are still uncomfortable with it. Uh-huh. But more, more to the point, it's just expensive. Yeah. Does it work? It seems to. Is it bad for the birds? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Mm-hmm. But you're better off, I would say, just going through the steps of getting a squirrel-proof feeder or one with a baffle, and then you don't have to pay the extra money, and you don't have to worry about it if it's a problem, and you don't have to get it on your hands. Wow, you talked me into it there. I would continue this, Mike, but I feel a sneeze coming on, so I'm going <laughs> to say goodbye for now. Nah, bless you, Ray. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week, Mike. You got it. <laughs> Mike O'Connor there at the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Birdwatching Magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash memberships. Here we are, ready to continue and complete, perhaps, this mystery bird contest at 781-837-4900. Trying to identify our mystery bird, a slender, mostly white, tropical ocean bird seen off the southeast U.S. coast and Gulf uh, Coast and in Hawaii. What is it at 781-837-4900? And Watson is somewhere in North Carolina. May tell us what that bird is. Hello, Watson. Hi, Ray. Hi. I think it is the red billed. I think it is the red billed tropic bird. The red billed tropic bird. That is what we call an extraordinarily um, top quality guess. That is really close. And um, if nobody gets it uh, a little bit more, you know, directly exact, then uh, you could be our winner. So stand by, okay? I'm going to assume I'm going to assume it's okay with Watson. Watson, thank you for calling. Red-billed tropic bird was the guest, and I think uh, it's fair to say we're very close to the uh, answer here. Let's go to someone very close by, right here in uh, our hometown of Marshfield, Massachusetts. It's Mike. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great this morning. Mystery bird, there, Mike. What do you think? 
I think it's the white-tailed tropic bird. White-tailed tropic bird is absolutely right. Oh, awesome! We were close, but no cigar. But you've uh, you've uh, you've got it there. It's the they tell us. I didn't know this before. It's the national bird of Bermuda, and is a wow. protected bird there. They call it the long tail. So if you're in Bermuda sometime, if you drop that word, you'll they'll think you're a native down there. The long tail. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I think we have time for a bonus question, Mike. You want to try it? Sure. All right. It's a multiple choice. According to the latest scientific research, which of the following numbers is the greatest? A, the number of individual birds in the world. B, the number of trees on our planet. C, the number of stars in our Milky Way galaxy. Or D, the number of customers on a busy day at the Birdwatcher's General Store. Maybe one of those. Uh, What do you think? I tried B, the number of trees. Number of trees on the planet. That is a heck of a good job there. Yeah. You might think it was birds because this is a bird show, but (laughs) the number of trees on our planet, it's in the trillions. It's kind of crazy, but uh, that appears to be the case. Mike, thank you so much. You've won all the prizes, and stay on the line, and we'll arrange to send them to you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, Mike. Mike, correctly identifying, uh, by the way, the white-tailed tropic bird. Guess what? We are totally out of time. Next week, Tama Watts will tell us about birds and mental health in her new book, Keep Looking Up. Thanks for being with us and see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.